Okay, so we're holding by Perakei of Shoftim. After the miraculous victory over Sisra and his army. So we have this Shira, which Tavira and Barak sang. It's brought in Chazal, this was one of the nine, the nine Shiras that there were in Eid HaMazah. That Chazal Darish in the Basim, that it says by Naftali. Naftali is Nayala Shlucha Hanois and Imre Shefer. Hanois and Imre Shefer, which means he gives over words, beautiful words. And Chazal embraces Rabbi Darish, that where were, where was the, were these beautiful words? Which was given over by Shavit Naftali, it's referring to the Shira of Dvar and Barakwe from Akwisova from Shavit Naftali. Okay, so the Shira of Dvar and Akwisova, just as Sisra was a completion of the victory of Mitzrayim, we saw that, so to speak, Hashem repaid the debt to the Sarshal Yan with the army of Sisra. So just like the victory over Pari, the victory of Yamsuf ended with the Shira. So same thing over here, the victory of Asisra also results in Shira. And as we're going to learn Pasuk by Pasuk the Shira, we'll see the parallels that there are between the Shira of Devorah and the Shira of Yamsuf. The truth is, out of the Shiras we have, most of them don't refer to a Shira after a victory in war. For example, the other Shira is Vayda Mazah. The Shira of Chana, which is after she had a child, or the Shira of... Uh, Shira Shirim, the Shira of the Be'er, the Shira of, uh, we see in the Yeshaya, they weren't necessarily referring to Shira of the Marisha, they weren't necessarily referring to Shiras of victory. And the uh, Dafka, this Shira of, of Dvara, and the Shira of Yamsuf were both connected to a, a miraculous salvation from an enemy. Okay, so that's, uh, that's not the Shira. Pasuk says, Vatashar of Dvara, Mubarak ben Avinayam Bayam Ulema. Neymar means they said, which means they, whatever they said in the Shira, which was obviously inspired by Ruch HaKodesh, they told B'nai Yisrael to repeat after them. So it was a responsive Shira, like the Mitzvah story explains over here. L'chaira, the Nevi'ah here was the Vera. So she would be the one to have the words of the Shira given to Ruch HaKodesh. The fact that Barak joins her is just in the capacity that he was the, the general who was involved in bringing about the victory, so he mentions it by name. But we don't find that he was a Navi and that the words of Shira would be given to him. Well, they didn't want to ask him to say that Moshe taught Benesha what to say. Of course Benesha wanted to say Shira. They didn't have a Nusach. The words of Shira are Rechakodesh. The words of Shira are words of Torah. And therefore Moshe as a Navi told Benesha what to say. And so they might be here. Devorah as a Navi uh, instructed the Jewish people what to say. Okay, so there's a there's a two pasuk introduction to the shir. In the first pasuk, Bifroya Parais Be Yisrael, Vihisnadev Am Baruch Hashem. There's a difference between the Mefarshim how to explain the words of the pasuk. The way Rashi explains it is Bifroya Parais, which means that when a time of punishment comes to Klai Yisrael, the reason for that is because Klai Yisrael have done something wrong. And therefore what it needs is bisnadiv am. It needs the people to respond by mysterious nefesh, by being willing to sacrifice themselves, so to speak, to do what Hashem wants. And when they do that, then they'll get saved, and therefore they can thank Hashem, Baruch Hashem, they can thank Hashem for the salvation. 
which means the way Rashi explains the Pasuk, there's really a, a five-stage process, but the Pasuk only tells us about three of them. In other words, the first stage is the prayer price for Yisrael, when the punishment happens to Klai Yisrael. The second stage, which the Pasuk doesn't say, is it's because Klai Yisrael read has done something wrong. And as a result, the third stage, Bisnadevam, when Klai Yisrael therefore commit themselves to doing Tshuva, and then the fourth stage, it doesn't say, is Hashem saves them. And then the fifth stage is that Baruch Hashem, that they're going to thank Hashem, they're going to praise Hashem for the salvation. That's Rashi's explanation of the Pasuk. The way they're attacked, the Mitzvahs, Adam and Hashem explain the Pasuk, is before a prize for Israel, which means when Hashem takes revenge on behalf of Klai Yisrael. So it's not talking about the punishment which is visited on Klai Yisrael, we're talking about the punishment that Hashem delivers on the enemies of Klai Yisrael, and that's Bisnadevam. Bisnadevam, and that's what we saw before. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings Nesim through the means of the person who's going to be most nefesh to bring the Nes. But like we spoke about when we spoke about what led up to the salvation, it was what the very originally expected from Barak was he was going to be most nefesh, so to speak, to start the war against Sisra, and then being as uh, he would be the one to be most nefesh, the the Yeshua, the salvation, would be attributed to him. And that's what she's saying here also. When HaKadosh Baruch wants to take revenge on the enemies on behalf of Klai Yisrael, then it's Bisnadev on. It's, because, it's due to the people who Bisnadev, due to the people who are willing to, so to speak, sacrifice themselves, or willing to volunteer themselves to, to be the ones to lead the battle, and Baruch HaShem. They're the ones then who are entitled to, to, to sing the shirah, to bless Hashem afterwards. So that's the, the starting point of the shirah. And therefore, it's really the introduction to why we sing the shirah. That since Kaisho were to be Snadev Am, they decided to volunteer to fight, and therefore, they were, through them, the shirah came. Therefore, it's incumbent on them to thank Hashem. Let's just explain this point a little bit better. Dvar is explaining here why there's a chiyuv and when there's a chiyuv to sing shir. And that is when Hashem takes revenge on the enemies of Klai Yisrael, the ones who, through them, when Yeshua came, they have a chiyuv to be Barak Hashem, they have a chiyuv to sing shir. So therefore, Dvar, in the context, talking about herself, she and Barak, through them, the Yeshua came, therefore they have a chiyuv to sing shir. Now the same thing, yeah, we see in the Shir of David Amalekh. The Shir of David was Hashem says from all his enemies. Once again, David was uh, wasn't his personal enemies. For the most part, he was fighting the battles of Hashem. But as a king who went first into battle, so he was the one who was misnadev. He was the one who, so to speak, volunteered, sacrificed himself to go to battle. And therefore, the victory which Hashem brought to Klai Yisrael was Mechaev David to sing Shir. Now this principle, that there's a chiyuv to sing shira for a person through whom the nice happens, brings us to a very interesting story in the Nech. And that's the story of Chizkiyahu HaMelech. Chizkiyahu HaMelech, as is well known, uh, was the king who faced possibly the biggest uh, enemy, the biggest army of, uh, who was coming to destroy him, that we find mentioned anywhere in the Nech. And uh, I would take the liberty to say, anywhere in history. You know, if we talk about, uh, you ask uh, modern historians of warfare, 
what was the biggest army which has ever amassed? They'll tell you that the biggest force in numbers of people amassed was the Russian counterattack to the Nazi Germany. And uh, they managed to put together nearly 3 million soldiers uh, into what's called the Operation Barbarossa, which was basically the counterattack against uh, Germany. If you look what the terrorist talks about, the army which Sancheref, the king of Ashur, brought against Cheskyo. So it says that he took a million eight hundred and fifty thousand generals. The way the Gemara explains the person in Hadron. So I don't know how much each general had under his command, but even if you say each general had one person or two people under his command, it was like a very small force that each general had, we're already talking about millions of people. It was a bigger force than anything mentioned. Cheskyo had to was being besieged and potentially attacked by this tremendously big army. And Chizkiyo's line of defense was to do nothing. There was nothing he could do. He wasn't in a position to fight them. He wasn't in a position to even put on the facade of trying to defend Yerushalayim. Except the Navi had told him that you're not going to surrender. And he decided not to surrender. Okay. The Navi said he's not surrendering. There was nothing for him to do. Famously, Chazal say, that whereas David said to Hashem, Hashem, I'm going to go and fight your wars and, you, and you'll bring me the Siat Dishma, you'll make me victorious. Chizkiyahu said to Hashem, Hashem, there's nothing for me to do. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep and Hashem, I'm leaving after you to take care of. And that's what happened. The first night of Pesach, like it says, that Chizkiyahu went to sleep with this tremendously enormous army outside the walls of Yerushalayim. And then during the course of the night, Hashem sends down a Malach, the Malach Gabriel, and he wipes out the army of Sancheriv. Only four men wake up the next morning out of an army of millions. So it was a tremendous nest. It was a tremendous nest. Um, on that, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that really Cheskiyoa and Navi could have been Mashiach. Cheskiyoa and Melech could have been Mashiach. That, that was a force like no other that could have been the amassed armies of Gog and Magog. And Cheskiyoa, as being the king of Yehuda, who survived it, who was victorious, could have been the Mashiach, except he did one thing wrong. And that he didn't sing Shir. He didn't sing Shir. And uh, there was a time on him that how could he not sing Shir after witnessing such a tremendous nest? And because of that, he lost the opportunity to be Mashiach. So now this question was, what was thinking? He was wrong. What was he thinking? So this is the question. And that is, we understand in a case like the Maccabee in the time of Hanukkah that they went to war. They were most nefesh to fight against a vastly superior and more powerful army. They were most nefesh and therefore the nays came about through them. They were chayv to sing shirah. We understand in the case of Barak and Devarah that they were against a vastly superior army and they were, they, through them the nays happened and they were chayv to sing shirah. The question is, in this case, was Chizkiyahu the one who was through whom the nace happened? He didn't do anything. He wasn't actively involved in trying to fight. And therefore, was he the one, was he the misnadivam? Was he the one who, so to speak, did something through whom the nace happened, which was the Chayv Mishira or not? Now, obviously, Chizkiyahu felt not. He didn't feel that anything. But in reality, what did Chizkiyahu do? So the Gemara in Hadron is Darish in the Pasuk, the Chubal Ol Mifnei Shemen. That what was the force which destroyed the, the tremendously big and powerful armies of Sancheriv? The, the Shem and the oil. 
the oil which Cheskyo lit in the Bata Midrash, in the Bata Knesias, and Cheskyo's line of defense was to make sure everyone came and lit. And he fought, there was a compulsory learning study every night, and as a result of Akla Yisrael, uh, all became proficient in all areas of Torah, and the Gemara says that was the, so to speak, the victory of Asanchayrif. It was the victory of the collective, communal, or I should say national, uh, Torah learning. Now, in that sense, Chizkiyahu was the one who defeated Sanchev. He was the one who was most in to make sure the whole Klai would sit and learn. And like the Gemara tells us, he was not Chizkiyahu, he used force to make sure people would come to learn. And uh, therefore, in that sense, he was the one who defeated Sanchev, and that's the case, he was on his Bukhiv to sing Shir. If the nice came about, it was due to him, and it was due to him that he was Bukhiv to sing Shir. If Chizkiyahu didn't realize that, you know, he didn't feel that he was the, the one who caused the nice to happen, so that was part of the time on him. That was part of the time on him. That uh, Kido, he didn't, he didn't take the opportunity to appreciate that the nice, what, what had brought about the nice, and therefore he didn't use the chance to sing Shira. As a result, he asked his son to be Mashiach. The Chazal Darish the Pasuk, Shekhar Achein Vehevel Ayayfi, Isha Yiras Hashem Yitzhah. One of the ways Chazal Darish this Pasuk, again, the one is in Hedrin. Shekhar Achein is the Darish of David. The Hevel Ayayf is the Darish of Shleimah. Isha Yiras Hashem Yitzhah is the Darish of Hizki. That the, the national commitment to Torah learning was great in the time of Hizki than in the time of David and Shleimah. And therefore, yes, maybe he didn't physically go to battle, but the Maaseh, had he provided the means for Kali to be victorious, he had them. Okay. Anyway, let's come back to the parts we're talking about. Therefore, the virus introducing why she has to sing Shir. And she says, since they were the one who is not Nadev of the arm, they were, they were the ones who were from Mubarak Hashem. Now, in the second pasuk, again, it's a very interesting pasuk. Shimon Merachim. Shimon Merachim, listen, kings. Ha'azinu Raiznim. Pay attention, Raiznim. Uh, is also a, 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 a degree of leadership, whether it means ministers or princes or some some lower level than the king. And why does, she, why, why does she want the kings and the princes or the leaders to hear? She says, I'm for Hashem, I'm going to sing. And obviously Chazal straight away asked, why the double lashon? She should have said, I'm going to sing to Hashem. Why the repetition? I'm for Hashem, I'm going to sing. Again, it's repetitious. I'm going to sing to Hashem Yisrael. So the Pasuk seems completely repetitive. Listen, king, listen, kings, listen, princes. I'm for Hashem, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing to Hashem. Right? And uh, assuming that, as obviously, words of Tanakh aren't just inspired poetry, and therefore it fits better into the Ram scheme to just repeat itself a few times. We understand that there's a, lot of, there's a reason why she's saying all these extra words, which we have to learn. So I'm going to start with the Chazal, just to show you how Chazal sees significance in these things. And uh, we'll explain the Chazal in the next year, because it's going to in the chat. Listen to what Chazal say. Chazal said like this. Chazal said an amazing Midrash, which is already connected very much to the continuation of the Shir. The continuation of the Shir that we're going to see in the next time, it starts off by talking about Harsinai. That Hashem gave the Torah Harsinai. And listen to what Chazal say. When Hashem wanted to give the Torah Harsinai, that's a famous Chazal, listen to what Chazal says. There were other mountains who came to offer themselves as being 
so to speak, candidates for the story to be given. What does it mean that a mouth of the cup is a lot of free? What Doing something, we mean the malach. The malach responsible for it. The mountains were far away. So, enough to move. Let the Torah be given to us. Bring Kaishwal to us, and we will give the Torah there. Specifically, the two mountains are mentioned by name Carmel and Tava. Har Tavar and Har Carmel, which are both mountains in Eretz Yisrael, offer themselves, so to speak, as potential locations for the Torah to be given. Now, Hashem refused both of them. Either because Hashem wanted the Torah to be given in the desert, and neither of them were in the desert, or because Hashem wanted the Torah to be given on a lower mountain, that's the more famous Chazal, and they were both higher mountains, or wider mountains, whatever it's going to be. So, the, so therefore, Hashem chose Har Sinai to give the Torah on. But, this is the part which people don't know. Hashem paid back the other two mountains. What? For volunteering? For volunteering. There was a big nest which happened in Har Tavar, and a big nest which happened in Har Akama. The nest of Har Tavar is, this, is a war here. Sister and Devara. Fort, I mean, Dvar and Barak fought Sisra and Har They weren't on the mountain. They started on the mountain. That's where they came from. And uh, the, in later on, Elio Anobi uh, had his showdown with the Nevi'a Habal on Harakarma. Now, what's interesting is like this. The Chazal said like this. Chazal said, how did Hashem pay back? the mountains for volunteering to to be the, so to speak, the venue for Matan Torah. So, this is the point you have to understand. When it came to Harsinai, Harsinai had two minus. The first one is, it was where Hashem said the Zerzah Debris. So that's where Hashem said, Neichi Hashem And the Chazal say, Hashem paid back hard Tavor, that's the mountain here, by the Vera, because it says Neichi twice. That's in this passage. Anoichi Hashem, Anoichi Hashem. So whereas our sinner had one anoichi, he has two anoichis. Anoichi Hashem, Anoichi Hashem. Now obviously needs explanation. And our sinner Hashem was talking. So Hashem was saying anoichi. Over here the Torah is talking. It's not exactly the same thing. But I got part of that's what the Midrash, the Midrash Sechot brings. The message of our sinner was much more basic. Of course. And if we have to understand, how was this, uh, so to speak, uh, a payback or reciprocate for what Hashem said anoichi and our sinner? And the same thing. What did Klai Yisrael say on Har Carmel after the brought the fight of Shemayim? Hashem Aleikim, Hashem Aleikim. And once again, on Har Sinai, Hashem said once, Hashem Aleikacho, and he said it twice. Hashem Aleikim, Hashem Aleikim. So Hashem paid back with both of the mountains with a double expression. Whereas on Har Sinai, there was one time it said Anoichi, he said twice Anoichi. On Har Sinai, one time it said Hashem Aleikacho, he said on Har Carmel, it says twice, Hashem Aleikim, Hashem Aleikim. So obviously this Midrash needs explanation. Like I said, how does the one equal the other one? And what does it mean to me? But the first... Why, why is it so the... do it tomorrow. But the first thing is just to point out that you see Chazal learn a lot from this Tabal Lashem. Anoichi Lashem, Anoichi Yashira. This is where they're building this Midrash from. Okay. So before, before we get to explaining the Midrashim, let's explain the Pshat. Let's explain the Pshat. Why, why, why is she repeating the Lashem? And also, what's the difference between Anoichi Yashira? And afterwards, Azamir Hashem Elokei Yisrael. It's not just poetry. No, we don't. When something said in Rosh Hashanah, it's not just the poetry. The thing as Dibur Hashem aren't poetry. It's not just repetitive for the point of uh, having a you know, richer language or being more literate, whatever it's going to be, synonymous. So then we have to understand what the difference is between the different things which are mentioned. 
So let's start by explaining the difference between Ashir and Azamir. And this is uh, something which Ba'atim, often, not just in, in here in this pasuk, but in Tehillim specifically, many, 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 many times, Dabra Merech Tizbaz, Ashir of Azamir. Ashir of Ashir of Azamir of Ashir Shir or Zamer. Right? The two examples, you can find many, many more. Right? What's the difference between Shir and Zimmer? What's the difference between these two, the shyness, so to speak, of song? So that's interesting. There's two different, very different Mahalchim in, in the Mepharshim to explain the difference between Shir and Zimmer. The way that, I would say, most Rishonim, maybe, explain that the word Zimra comes from the word Zaymer, which literally means to prune. As we talk about Shabbos, on the Mirachs of Shabbos, of Zaymer is pruning a tree. Right? The difference between Shira and Zimra is Shira is something which is meant to be just uh, something positive, if you want to call that expression of joy, whereas Zimra is something which is meant to come also to Lafuki, to take away from something else. It's, so to speak, to, it's in a way Zimra which... So shira is just happiness, the expression of joy. And Zimra is coming to that book. It comes to take away from wherever we were. It's like saying it's not, not like that. It's not in a way of Zimra. It's, it's uh, trimming, it's pruning, it's cutting off this from something else. There's the prayers for that. That's, we'll see in the Pumsukim. That's one ma'alach. The other ma'alach, which is brought down, is that shira is more general and Zimra is more specific. So Ashira is more of a general Shira, and Zimra is on a specific point. Now we're coming to th- sing about a specific uh, issue, a specific item. Okay, either way around, there, there are two expressions of of how a person sings. Um, obviously, when we're talking about the Shiras which we have in the, throughout the Tanakh, it always starts with Ashna Shira, uh, even the Shira Sayyam. Ashir Hashem, Yigai or it says by the Bev, Ayash Israel, that's it, saying Shir Hashim, Ayash David, Ayash Shachan, whatever it's going to be. The, the original Lashim, which is always Lashim of Shira, and that's the general uh, song of gratitude, the song of thanksgiving. Now, therefore, what's the difference? Ashir Hashem, or Anoichi Hashem, Anoichi Ashira, I'm singing to Hashem. When Azamir is to Hashem Eleke Yisrael. And this is something we've spoken about in the Kuzari Shem many times. And that is that there's, a, there's the Yusait of Hashem acting in the capacity of Eleke Yisrael. Which means we can sing to Hashem as being the all-powerful. Hashem as being the, the Adon Akol and who's in charge of everything in the world. Obviously, like, like everything else, the victory comes from Hashem. So if you're going to come to Zimra, you're going to narrow it down, you're going to define exactly where it's coming from. So this is the principle we saw. Hashem doesn't do Nisim, so to speak, to prove his Hashem. Only to prove his Hashem. Like we learned, Hashem does Nisim in the capacity of the Kei Yisrael. When he's coming as the God of Kei Yisrael, which means he's coming to, to save Kei Yisrael, that's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is more open to doing Nisim. And therefore, of course, we thank Hashem. But if you go into the Farid, where there's Azamro, we have the Farid, it's because Hashem was acting in the capacity of Elikei Yisrael. He was coming to save Klai Yisrael from Sisra, and therefore, because Klai Yisrael needed a salvation, 
That's why Hashem was willing to do a nice like He did do for the benefit of Klai Yisrael. Alright, so that's the first part of the pasuk. The the comparison when it's Hashem is just Hashem, when it's Hazamir is to the Klai Yisrael. Benishim tomorrow we'll see the two other parts of the pasuk. Firstly, what's the Melachim and the Rosen and who these two groups that she's addressing, and then we'll go back to explain why she has to say it twice. What's a double anaychi? And uh, how do the two things fit together? In other words, there was a message to the Melachim and a message to the Raznim. So how, how do the two parts, parts of the Pasuk combine? And by the we have a chance also to talk about the Midrash we brought before. That this was an extra dimension, the modern Sinai, that there was only one anaychi, and here we talk about two anaychis.